Hello, what's going on? Welcome to episode 23 of the Fitness Simplified podcast. On today's episode, I have online nutritionist Sharon Sapir. Sharon and I talk all things picky eating. So if you are a picky eater, if you love a picky eater, if you know a picky eater, you're going to want to give this a listen. We especially talk about can you lose weight if you're a picky eater? Let's find out. Hello, Sharon. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me on. So glad you could be here. For those who don't know you, I would love it if you introduced yourself. Oh, okay. I'm Sharon Sapir. I'm a nutritionist, uh, more recently online nutritionist. I'm on Instagram. Should I plug myself now or plug myself later? How does this well, work? Let's do both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so on Instagram, I'm Sapir Nutrition, S-A-P-I-R Nutrition. And um, I love being on there and sharing stuff and having fun and poking fun. I think fun's just my thing. Laugh at life. Yeah, you left out the part that you're a rapper. Oh, did you see my rap? Of course, I saw your vegetable rap. Are you going to rap for us today at some point? Maybe after you loosen up a bit. Maybe. Maybe I need to like go and get a drink and come back. <laughs> and like all that loose. Uh, we'll rap about fruit this time. Yeah. Yo, yo. I mean, I don't really freestyle, but hey. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> so, Sharon, how did you get into being a nutritionist? Where did that come from? Um, it started when I was in my teens. I think I... Well, kind of a long story. First, my dad got diabetes when he was 40 and he was skinny. So, you know, everything we think about type 2 diabetes coming from being overweight, that's true. But there's a, a small segment of the population that is just really predisposed for diabetes. And he was thin and he got type 2. And I went from having like, um, you know, those like sugary cereals to nothing. And my mom completely switched everything around. So then I was like, oh, this is, I was upset, but I wanted to know why, you know? So that got me, got me thinking. And then in high school, I had a lot of kind of like health issues. I got a very bad case of mono in ninth grade. And I was, I missed the first five weeks of high school. So that always does wonders for your social life. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't feel right. Like I was very tired and I started kind of gaining weight and I was like, I need to do something. And my mom gave me this book called, I think it's called Fit for Life by mm -hmm. Harvey and Marilyn Diamond. That was like mm -hmm. a big one mm -hmm. um, written in the eighties. This was in the nineties and not, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and it really kind of just opened my eyes to food being very powerful and having a huge effect on our health and, and everything. But at the same time, it also kind of started to screw me up because I started to, you know, the, 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 the classic dieting mentality, which is this is bad and this is going to hurt me and this is good and this is going to be okay. And, and I guess from then I just read every single diet book that came out as really interested in nutrition. I wanted to go to school for nutrition, but my parents being immigrants and putting my college bill were like, no. Not they said that was no. What did they want yeah. you to go to school for? I don't, they wanted me to become a CEO of something. Okay. It's a business you know. school. So you yeah. got a business degree. No. <laughs> no, no, you didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I ended up in the College of Arts and Sciences, which oh. I like jokes on them because <laughs> I don't know what to do. 
And um, I actually met my husband in school and I got married really young. Um, so oh, I got yeah. 22 young. Okay. Yeah. And everyone's like, did you like fall and hit your head? Like what? <laughs> but I was just, you know, I marched to the beat of my own drum and um, that's what I did. And I worked for one year at uh, Macy's actually, logistics. Macy's oh, logistics. okay. They almost fired me. I was so bad. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I wasn't into it. I can yeah. only do things that I'm really passionate about. Um, and then I got pregnant with my first daughter, Jojo. She's 10. And after she was born, I was like, that's it. I'm an adult. I'm a mom now. And I can do what I want to do. And I'm, I'm going to school for nutrition. So that was the beginning of a really, I mean, it took from start to finish, I think, six years to get my master's. Wow. Well, because had, you were a mom with young kids. Yeah, and then I had Ellie two and a half years later. So it was just like a long road, but I loved it. And I know this is my passion and what I want to do forever. And it's my oxygen. So yeah, that's, that's fantastic. I love that you like, you had a passion and you followed it and you made it happen, even though it's, it was hard. Yeah, it was a little bit of a roundabout way, but yeah. But imagine if you didn't, like you'd still yeah. be sitting around thinking you're doing other things, feeling like you're not in the right spot. That's how I felt when I was at Macy's. Nothing against Macy's, by the way. Great company. But <laughs> that's where I get all my best dresses. I love their I dress know. department. <laughs> I know. It's, a, it's great. It just wasn't my passion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It totally makes sense. Nothing against Macy's. We love Macy's. We love Macy's. <laughs> so how has being a nutritious a nutritionist, a nutritionist affected your parenting. Oh, um, okay. So one, so the irony of me being in school while they were really little was that I made every single mistake that you're not supposed to make with little kids because I was so busy and so drained and just did like whatever was easiest. Yeah. Right. So got like, it. Yeah. <laughs> so you're just like the rest of us. <laughs> Pretty much that human. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I much. made every mistake. And actually, there's a great Instagram account that I, I mean, even if I had access to her when I was in that stage, I'm not sure that I would have, like, had the energy to really, <laughs> I was, you know, in survival mode. But it's called um, kids.eat.in.color. And she has the best advice for just having, giving your kids like a normal mindset with food, you know, I think it's so important how to expose them to different vegetables. I think if I had done what she advises to do, my kids would be such better eaters now. So I'm following her now and I'm going to assume it's from you. I think you may have posted something about her in your stories because I'm following, I just have recently started following that that account. Um, So what, tell me, you know, while we're talking about it, what, what's one or two things that you would say that she suggests to do with your kids to help them have that kind of healthy mindset around food? Okay. So the first thing is, is not to make dessert this like, first, don't talk about it being bad. And because you don't want the kids to have this, like, if they're eating something bad, then they're bad. It, It starts this whole thing. So I think dessert is just like, be very like nonchalant about it. That's number one. Um, she's also really big on like exposure. So when they were little, I'd be like, oh, you like cucumbers? Here's a whole plate of cucumbers. Eat the cucumbers. That tends to turn kids off. So like little bits of it and do it in like fun ways. Um, I think she also talks about scheduling more. Like I was very much like, oh, you're hungry? Here's a snack. 
And yeah. kids do, with, when it comes to food, kids do really good with structure. So, so like as in we eat lunch, we eat dinner, yes. that yeah. kind of, like this yeah. is when we eat, not just, we've yeah. kind of, and I kind of remember being like that more as a kid, like where we had more like meal times, mm -hmm. whereas now somehow life seems to be, it's just all one big eating occasion. It is. And right. Too. Yeah. Right. It's just our culture. That's kind of how life is. Like, no. there are snacks everywhere. You have snacks yeah. in your purse and snacks in your car and snacks. You know, and I do remember that as a mom of young kids, always feeling mm -hmm. frantic if I didn't have snacks. What if they need one? Why would they need a snack all the time? Exactly. <laughs> but in my mind, I had been conditioned oh. like, you got to have snacks for the kids. I know. It's <laughs> a panic, right? But then what will happen if you don't? Right. Right. <laughs> If they're, if they're full all the time, why would they eat a meal? Like, why would they eat real food? So she has great stuff. Yeah. I really, yeah. I wish I could, sometimes I wish I could just like go back in time and watch her and do it, but. Yeah. Hey, and it's interesting. It's interesting because now I feel like myself as an adult and also the clients I work with, I feel like I'm helping us all kind of decondition from that. And like, we don't need to always worry like wait, wait what if we're somewhere and we don't have a snack what if we do get hungry like what's gonna happen well like literally nothing <laughs> i loved your post about that by the way i was reading and being like yes yes and it's something that i have to remind myself because i think i get panicked when i get hungry it's you, you know it's like yeah. that, i need to eat what about what if my blood sugar is getting low what yeah overthinking and it's like no hunger is actually like normal like we should be hungry and none of us are malnourished like nothing's going to happen if we don't eat right away so, yeah totally agree so are your kids picky eaters so you know they go through their phases right like i had labeled one picky and one not picky now it's completely switched but don't label your kids yeah it's <laughs> so true um, i do think there's like a the an age where they start to come out of it a little bit. Like I feel like the eight, nine year olds are, mm -hmm. are start to get open. But like my little one who wasn't picky is now she's seven, she's super picky and it's just annoying. But um, yeah. I think the hardest thing is the proteins because they just want to eat like starchy carbs. carbs. Yeah, like the proteins yeah. really hard. Like my mom's be like, my son loves steak. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'll come over and teach my kids to love steak. <laughs> you know, some of it really is just like how they're born. I have one of my three kids who's always been an adventurous eater. Like mm -hmm. from the time he was little, like would eat literally any kind of like we had friends who were um, were Korean and he would go eat all this very exotic Korean food, like love sushi, like literally you give him food, like the fanciest looking food, he gets into it. But the other kids are kind of much more like, is it beige? <laughs> you know, is it white? <laughs> is it white or beige? I'll eat that. <laughs> so some of it, and I, you know, they were raised in the same house with the same parents, so they yeah. they really do kind of come with their own yes taste. True. But they are wired. But you know, we can work with all of it. So. Sharon, I had mentioned to you, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, because I, I talk to people about this, both on Instagram and my own clients, that they're worried that they're picky eaters and they want to lose weight. Mm -hmm. So can a picky eater lose weight? Absolutely. And the funny thing is, for as many people, adults that I get who say that they're picky eaters and they think that's why they are overweight. I get as many people who say, I love vegetables. I love everything. I don't understand why I can't lose weight. So, so it's really like 
doesn't matter. Are vegetables healthy? Absolutely. Can it help you stay in a calorie deficit? Yes, but you have to be trying to be in a calorie deficit because just eating a lot of vegetables in addition to everything else that you're eating is not going to get you into a calorie deficit. So with my picky clients, I don't try to change them because they're, A, they're adults. So they're really set in their ways already. And if they're going to put energy into anything, it's not going to be into trying new vegetables. Mm-hmm. If I have to choose where that energy is going to be, yeah, it's going to be about being aware of how much food they're eating and tracking because I love having my clients track and getting into that calorie deficit. And it, it's like even if they eat the same thing every day, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Health is a little bit different because if if they're really um, concerned about their health and vegetables is important, but vegetables, I'm sorry, health and weight loss can strangely be mutually exclusive. Yeah, I definitely want let, let, I definitely want to go there. Let's talk a little bit more about specifically about picky eaters. So what would you say to somebody uh-huh. who is a picky eater and you're, you know, they're, let's say they're your client and you're like, it's fine. You don't want to eat, you know, lots of new vegetables. Totally cool. And, but they're still struggling because they're hungry and they're trying to lose weight. And, you know, one of the main things you do, one of the main things we tell people who are dieting to help with their hunger is like, eat more protein, eat more vegetables. So what if you have these picky eaters and they're like, you know, like I like chicken nuggets and white bread, you know, <laughs> like, well, they're, they're, who does it? Um, <laughs> first I there's, are there any vegetables that they do like? right? Because maybe they only like carrots and cucumbers, or, or maybe they just like iceberg lettuce. Okay, like, let's start there. Like, how, how many times a day can you eat that? Or like, you know, yeah. how much incorporate that? I mean, who cares if it's only two things? So that's number one. I love that, Sharon, because I think we tell ourselves stories, and they don't always help us, right? So we tell ourselves we don't like vegetables, but maybe we do like cucumbers and iceberg lettuce. Those are vegetables. So maybe we literally like nothing else. Right. But if we, you know, with every meal that possible, like added a nice little pile of cucumbers and iceberg lettuce. Absolutely. That can help with the hunger. But if we constantly tell ourselves, well, I don't like vegetables, we might not see the value in those two. Absolutely. I love that. That's cool. really good advice. Really good cool. advice. Mm-hmm. And also some fruits are very low calorie and high in water. So like if you take strawberries, for example, so it's not a vegetable, but it can kind of serve the same purpose. It fills you up. You get all that water, all that fiber. So it helps you stay in a deficit because you're not as hungry. So like fruits too. So some people aren't such fans of vegetables, but they're much more inclined to eat fruit. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really great tip. I love that. So what about the difference between health and weight loss. What about the relationship between the two? Like, how do you see that relationship? Yes. Okay. So I guess the first thing to put out there is that when somebody loses weight, so let's say somebody has a lot of excess weight, regardless of how they lose the weight, just losing the weight improves health markers, such as triglycerides, cholesterol, blood sugar, you know, all those um, markers of possibly heart disease if they're not in the right range. Mm-hmm. So, so even if you're losing, there was a famous, um, ex, 
do you remember reading about that professor who was trying to make a point? He he like lost a lot of weight on like Twinkies. Mm -hmm. Twinkies, like, yeah. Yeah, like the worst food, but like all his health markers improved. Yeah. I love that because, I mean, if you take it the wrong way, that it's like, oh, I can eat Twinkies. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but the point is he, he improves his health just from losing weight. So, so that's number one. Um, number two, we can, we can be overweight from healthy foods and still kind of be healthy-ish too. It's not necessarily like one or the other, but I think most people want to lose weight and they want to be healthy. Mm -hmm. But that requires eating the right foods with some of the fun foods and, and being in that deficit. Um, but with weight, it's funny because there was, I was just referencing back to, this is one of my favorite books. I have it here. It's called The Secret Life of Fat by Sylvia Tara. And what's the subtitle there? The Science Behind? The Science Behind the Body's Least Understood Organ and What It Means for You. It's a fascinating book. I actually, and, yeah, sorry. And what is it about? It's about fat like all angles of fat, just as, as um, everything from like genetic uh, mutations that cause, you know, like fat storage to the role of fat in our body from a health standpoint to the, um, to the what's that word? Then? Like the functions that it has in your body. I mean, it's just a very, and like, how do we conquer it? But what I love about this book is that she also talks about how as we get older, we don't want to lose too much fat. So we don't want to be too lean because a little bit of that buffer is very protective. Mm. So it increases, I mean, it, it translates to an increased lifespan. But if it's really excessive, then we need to lose it to become healthier. Interesting. Yeah. So when you talk to clients are most of them concerned with both weight and health no <laughs> <laughs> what are they mostly concerned about weight. Weight. weight yeah weight yeah it also depends on their age i think as they as people get older they are more concerned about health because we get smarter and a little bit less vain but it's so i mean i'm not knocking the vanity part of yeah it, but i think the health becomes but if you take like a 30 year old they're more concerned about looking hot this summer you know yeah but i guess what you were saying before is it's not like they have to be diametrically opposed you can you oh. can lose weight in a very unhealthy way exactly. but you can also lose weight and get healthier at the same time which is ideal I which is ideal yeah yeah now let's let me ask you this question have you ever worked with somebody who was motivated as a picky eater to not be a picky eater as a, as a grown-up? No. No, there's nobody who's like, yeah, you know, I kind of want to get, I'm 40, but I kind of want to get past this. No, it's like, no. I don't like this, I don't like that, I don't like this, and I'll be like, oh, you want to try it? Nope, I don't like that. You and don't like that. I feel like it just gets more set. That's uh, so interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. I was, a, I am a reforming picky eater. I feel like I've done quite a good job. For me, it was about weight loss. Mm -hmm. So I, I was one of those people who said, I don't like vegetables. Well, 
I did. I liked spinach, which is a weird vegetable to like, yeah, right? That's a great one though. <laughs> but ever since I was a kid, I would eat spinach. Like when I was really little, I liked it creamed. But as I grew up, like I would eat spinach, however, yeah. and corn, which I didn't even love corn, but that's kind of a vegetable, right? That's ish, right? I tell my kids, because Jojo will be like, I love corn. That's a vegetable. Like, kind of. Ish. <laughs> it's not a Twinkie, Sharon. Yeah, true, true. Oh. So I started there and like, I just started that. And then I remembered, I'm like, you know what? I like onions. And like, I started adding onions to things and, oh. you know, and I've kind of built up this whole big bunch of vegetables. It's been seven years now, I guess, since I started this whole process. That's amazing. And one of the main things I did was give my permission, give myself permission to hate certain vegetables. Like I don't like peas. I won't eat peas happily. Okay. And I won't, I won't eat green beans okay. and I won't, I won't eat lima beans. Like if I was at somebody's house and like, I wouldn't be rude, I would eat them, but like, I wouldn't love them, but yeah. I never make myself eat that stuff. You shouldn't. But, but at the same time, like there's like probably, I could probably name 20 to 30 vegetables that I happily eat now. Wow. Isn't that crazy? But that's amazing. Like, like so I was a very picky eater as a kid, but as I got really interested in nutrition, especially by my like late teens, early twenties, I just started forcing myself to eat because I would just, in my head, I was like, this is really good for you. And this is going to make your life amazing. Cause that's how my <laughs> was like in those thoughts. Everything will be sparkly and pretty when you eat these vegetables. Unicorn farts all the time. You know? <laughs> so I, I, I think by just, exposing myself kind of with that mentality and just eating them. I was like, oh, these sound so bad, you know? Yeah. But, but you did a little bit later in life and that's really impressive. Yeah. And I guess that was kind of what you just said about exposure. I guess as an adult, we can still do that. We can just, yeah. and I would just be like, okay, like I like garlic and onions. So I'll just put this vegetable and mix it in with garlic and onions and keep doing that. And like, yeah. I like things on the grill. So I started grilling zucchini covered in garlic paste you know, saying, and just kept kind of trying to reintroduce more and more vegetables. And even now, like I'm still working on liking like peppers and I'm mm. like, I can kind of like peppers now, you know, just kind of like continually adding things. And, you know, it's just in recent years, I started liking cucumbers. Like I didn't like cucumbers until like maybe the past year I actually enjoy them. So I like the little ones because they, they're almost like seedless, but sometimes yeah big ones and those big seeds and just like, ugh, you know, I would never take a big hunk of cucumber. Like I have a kid who just will, would eat a whole cucumber. Like I like to slice mine in small yeah. chunks to put it in my salad. And then I like them. For so, sure. For sure. I guess, I guess I was motivated by weight loss and I just really wanted to find food that like would mm -hmm. help me with that. And so that's kind of how I did it. And you know, and part of it was accepting the fact that they didn't taste as good as a cookie and that was okay. You know, mm -hmm. like, Broccoli does not taste like a cookie. No. <laughs> not sure if you know that. <laughs> I'm glad he told me, Kim. I know. I know. I had a broccoli and be really happy about it. I thought it did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I was, I was reading that recently. I think it was Dr. Spencer Nadalski was talking about the idea of being willing to accept less pleasure. Yes. When you're trying to lose weight. Like, what do you think about that idea? Well, I think that's a very smart way to look at it because I think sometimes we confuse pleasure and happiness. Yeah. So pleasure is that in the moment enjoyment and we think that's happiness, but it's not, it's pleasure. Happiness is, is quote unquote, living your best life, you know, like having, you know, feeling good, looking good, having confidence, having energy. 
being there for your loved ones. I mean, that's happiness and that's the long-term view. And I think um, what it just, it gets, it gets confusing because you think you're happy, but you're, it's not, those cookies and cakes aren't leading to that happiness that you really want. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much of food tied in with our happiness and our emotions though, right? Because we kind of, so I, you know, I did this amazing thing. Let's celebrate. Let's eat ice cream. You know, let's have a cake. Like I'm sad. Well, let me get you some ice cream. (laughs) Like, right. So like there's culture too. I mean, that's how we celebrate. That's how we do any, like food is just interrelated. It weaves in and out constantly. So it's, do you do anything consciously as a parent to kind of move away from that in your home? Or do you, yeah, do you that I, I do. I, I think when I see that the treats are getting out of control, I ask my kids to ask themselves, did you balance today? Meaning, did you eat more foods that are good for you than are not as good for you? I'm careful not to vilify too much. <laughs> Yeah, but it's a tricky line. But I try it. Balance is like the big word in our house. Like, did you balance today? Did you get your body what it needs? And I also sometimes say, like, be good to yourself. Be good to yourself, because I think that's very. It's an important concept is to to nourish our body and not punish it. Yeah. So I really like that. I like that. Did you balance today? So thinking about like adding some good healthy stuff in, not like stop eating those cookies, you know? Right. It's the crowding out theory too, which is especially with kids. I think that's important. Not that I'm the kid expert, but (laughs) I just found that taking things away doesn't work as good as adding more nutritious food in because they'll naturally eat less of the, you know, junk food if they're full, number one, and if they're nourished. So just trying to add the good stuff in. I like that. Is that some, is that a strategy you use with your weight loss clients too, to help with adherence as far as like adding stuff in? Mm, I wish I could say yes, but for a lot of my clients, it's really about swapping. Mm. So I don't know if it's so much adding in, but it's, uh, well, the first thing is adding in protein. That's because okay. a lot of people don't center their meals and snacks around protein and then they're not satiated. So, but I guess that is kind of like a crowding in, in that like theory. Um, but then also swapping a lot of the white carbs, like white bread for, I get everyone hooked on Ezekiel bread and Wasa crackers. If there, anyone's listening, who's my client, they're going to be like, yeah. Cause like, you know, I, I've never had a Wasa cracker, but I've seen you talk about them. And I was just the other day thinking, I should buy Wasa crackers. <laughs> I'm going to try them. I'm going to try them. I want to be the spokesperson one day because I'm telling you, I think <laughs> they're, the they're the best things. First of all, there's different varieties. So you don't get bored. Like they have like a sourdough Wasa cracker. They have a light rye, which is my favorite. And you, what I like is that you can get a lot in for not a lot of calories and you get that full feeling. Now from carbohydrates, we get a, a different full feeling than we get from proteins. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, so that's one of the reasons I don't like to eliminate carbs because I think people don't feel full enough sometimes when they eliminate it. But those Wasa crackers, they're whole grain, they have fiber. Five of those like big light rye ones, five of them are 100 calories. And by the time you get to the fifth one, you're like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's a lot of volume of food. Exactly. And I'm so a volume. Is it crunchy? 
Yes, they're crunchy. Okay, that's even better. Yes, but the light rye. The other flavors can be a little bit thicker, a little bit higher in calories. Like the sourdough, I think, is uh, 35 calories each, but it's a heartier, crisp bread. Okay. And then one that a lot of people like, it was made very popular by the F-Factor diet, um, the GG crisp bread. Have you ever seen those? I think they taste like sawdust, personally. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know people who like them and it's the same concept. It's basically you're getting a, a complex carb whole grain for not a lot of calories and you're getting that fiber and that fullness in. So yeah. Okay. Well, I like that. Yeah. I'm going to try this. Okay. I'm going to put in that on my shopping list for this week. Awesome. Wasa crackers. So what are some of your other strategies? You like, we know that one of the most important things to be mm -hmm. successful at losing weight is adherence. Like you could have the best written plan ever. If you can't stick to it, you're not going to be successful. So what are some of the things you do to help your clients adhere? Or what are some of the things you see them do that help, help okay. with adherence? So pretty early on, I can catch if somebody's having that um, like black and white mentality about food. You, you see it pretty like soon because they'll be like, I'm, I was so bad yesterday. Yeah, that's, that's like the tip off. I was, so, yeah. I was so bad. So I think people who, who see themselves as bad for eating off plan or eating a treat have a really hard time with adhering to an overall healthy diet because every time they quote unquote slip up, they just go into a downward spiral. So we talk a lot about how from a weight loss standpoint, just like we said, that cookie or that piece of cake, it's not bad if it's within your calorie target for the day. And usually I get some resistance at first, like, yeah, yeah, sure. But when they track their calories and they include those quote unquote bad foods and they start to see that they're losing weight, then they get, they get out of that. Yeah. You know? So it's funny. It's like just teaching them not to feel bad helps with adherence. It's so true. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, you're right. Like when people can see like, hey, I can eat a cookie or I can eat a donut and I can lose weight. Yeah. Kind of like this, like the sense of relief, like, wow, look what I can do. Okay. I can imagine doing this for a really long time because I don't have to exactly. wait till I lost 20 pounds to eat cake. Right. Right. And then they can get back on track because I think getting back on track is the most important. And you talk about all the time in your Instagram and I love it is how it's just like, so important like it doesn't matter if you fell off for a week get back on track it's, it's yeah. like skill and once you can do that you know that you'll never fail because you'll never give up you know that you can always get back on track yeah there's so much power in the next choice after the one that you're not super thrilled about like even if you like way over eight yes the power lies in that next choice exactly and i love that yeah Okay, so what else? Give us another strategy that uh, you use or something you notice that your clients do that helps them to be successful at adhering. Hmm, think about that. It's funny, like everyone has something different that works for them. Yeah. And I wish it was like a, one thing that I could just tell everyone to do and it would work, but it's really, and I think that's what's so great about working with a coach mm -hmm. is that you can go back to the drawing board as many times until you find what works for you. It's true. Yeah. Like you always have someone there like brainstorming with you, like, let's try this, let's try that. So it's funny because I have one client that was kind of getting stuck and then 
I told him about Yasso bars. Have you ever had a Yasso bar? Oh, we have so many Yasso bars <laughs> in the house. I don't even know. I, I kind of get annoyed with my husband. We don't have enough freezer space for the amount of Yasso bars he likes to buy. I'm not quite sure what his issue is with them, but we have so many Yasso bars. I actually haven't had one because I'm worried I'm going to like them too much and I don't need one for a treat that I tell people they can't bring in my house. So I was just like, I'll leave the Yasso bars for you guys. Yeah, we have lots of Yasso bars. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of them. They're like second to Wasa crackers. I should talk more about them. But it's, they're usually like 100 to, tops 130 calories. They have five grams of protein. They're lowish on the sugar. Uh-huh. And they're, they're like very satisfying. So he was having a problem because he really wanted like a dessert after, after dinner, which I understand. But, you know, his desserts were on the um, higher side of the calorie range. So I said, why don't you try a Yasso bar? And then that's it. Like every night he has a Yasso bar and it helped him feel good too, that he's doing something that's moving him in the right direction and his weight that he was plateauing at the time. And now his weight's slowly going down again. So it's like freaking Yasso bars, you know, (laughs) you know, you just never know what it is for people. Or maybe um, I sometimes see that clients love to snack. Let's say they like snacking on pretzels, right? I love that. Right? So, so I'll say, and this is kind of counterintuitive, instead of cutting down on your pretzels, I want you to get a full portion and I want you to add a string cheese to it or even two or add any type of protein to that pretzel. Because pretzels alone, they kind of rev up your hunger mechanism. It, yeah, it sends those signals to your body and then you start looking. But when you add a protein and fat, especially to like a simple carb like that, mm-hmm. it helps to quiet down the, that appetite, that positive feedback loop that happens. And that helps them then not, you know, eat everything that's not nailed down later in the day. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. Listen, it really is interesting how so many different um, thing, different things help different people. You know, for some people, like eating a snack after dinner would be like, I just want more. Now I want more. Now I want more, you know? Yes. And so it's so, um, I think it really helps people to understand that there is no right way. Mm-hmm. There's the way that's going to work for them. Yes that still adheres to the principle of energy balance. Like if you want to lose weight, you've got to be in a calorie deficit, but there's so many ways to do that. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's also the oldest trick in the book is, and I'm sure you know this, drinking a glass of water before eating a meal or snack. Yeah. And it's like the simplest thing too. And it really helps to increase feelings of satiety. So it's, it's like, you have to just find that mixture or like even um, one thing that I did for a while because I used to eat way too much at night and I after dinner and I would start rummaging through the cupboards is I started having a bowl of fiber cereal after dinner. Okay. And it, I just lost because I think I read a study that said that participants who ate a bowl of fiber cereal after dinner were... I think they did lose weight and I think it was because they didn't want to keep eating or something in that realm. So I was like, okay. I'm try that. And it worked. Wow. What cereal did you what cereal did you eat? 
it was probably it was a while ago it was probably like a kashi cereal because okay have fiber but yeah got it you know um what what has really worked for me and i'm going to go back to it because i've gotten away from it and just this week i was like that was really working well is when i went to um meals without snacks in between i've always been a snacker my entire life i've been a snacker and I'd gotten to the, to the point where as far as a weight loss strategy, I had it very well managed that like what those snacks would be and how many calories, but it's still, I realize I end up eating more when I'm allowing myself snacks. And so I'm going to go back to three big meals. Right. I really do feel more satisfied when I can like have the big hunk of avocado because I didn't already use 250 calories on a snack earlier. Right. Like totally have it. So, and that doesn't work for everybody, but I really do well with it. Yeah, the, the post that I did yesterday was almost like a reminder to myself. Sometimes I'm giving myself advice when I post things. Yeah. <laughs> what was yesterday's post about? I'm trying to remember if I saw it. It wasn't that popular because I think the picture sucked, but it was <laughs> <laughs> but it was like um, pickers eat more. That was the title. Oh, okay. And I because what I did was I um, took like four small handfuls of cashews, which is probably what I would eat throughout the day. And I measured it out on my food scale and I got the calorie count for it. And then I put one portion of cashews and then I compared the different calorie counts for the four small ones or one portion and yeah. about a hundred calories over the four small ones. And I'm like, Sean, this is like what you do. You know, you have to, because I'm a picker. I will pick, but take in so many more calories that way. And we don't even notice them. So it doesn't feel that satisfying. And we swear, we swear we are not eating that much. It doesn't register. It doesn't register. The worst of both worlds because you're not satisfied and you're eating more calories. So and like, you can't figure out what's wrong. Exactly. Exactly. So. I always like when my clients come to that moment and they realize it because they are just so committed to the fact that they are not overeating, that they have, they are not eating the amount of calories that they must be eating, you know, because yeah. otherwise they'd be losing weight. And when they really, when they start seeing it and these light bulbs go off, yeah. it is so refreshing for them. It's such a good feeling to be like, oh my gosh, I'm not crazy. I really can yeah. lose weight. I'm literally eating too much. I didn't know it because they're not lying. Like no. they just didn't know it. And so uh -huh. I always look forward to that, that light bulb moment for them. Totally. One of my clients last fall, she, I don't even know how she came up with this idea. She decided she was going to put this little container on her counter. And every time she went to pick at something, uh -huh. instead of eating it, she was going to put it in the container and see what was in it by the end of the day. And Brilliant. she was stunned. She was stunned how many calories were in that container every day. She did it for a couple of days. Wow. And there was so much food in the container, like so many calories. So did she keep it on the counter, the food that she would normally be eating? Yeah, yeah she just left okay. it there. And it wasn't a long-term thing. It was just like a little experiment she came up right. with. And I loved it. I'm like, that's brilliant. Yes. That is and it was that click she needed to be like, there it is. That's why I'm not losing weight. It was like a tangible example for her. It wasn't yeah. like that exact thing. Like she actually saw it. Yeah. Um, oh, and another thing I do tell my clients is don't leave anything on the counter because that's also that picking that every time you go past it you take a little bit it's true it becomes like automatic like you don't even know you're doing it and you're so and even if you don't like it yeah exactly you eat it anyway it's just because it's there it's the worst you don't like it it's not satisfying yeah. 
And it's just adding calories. So I always yeah. go out of sight, out of mind. Like put yeah. it away. Hit stuff in the oven before just to yeah. like see it. Yeah. It's a really good strategy. Um, yeah, it's a really good strategy. It just does work when it's not there. Totally. You, yeah. you don't think about it. Exactly. Well, Sharon, this has been super helpful. Such a great conversation. So remind everybody again where they can find you if they'd like to get in touch. Oh, so I am on Instagram almost daily working on it. Sapir Nutrition, S-A-P-I-R Nutrition. Um, and I'm building my website. You'll be proud of me. So that'll be up in a little while. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. This was such Absolutely. a nice talk. I have one more question for you. Yeah. Tell us a favorite word. Favorite word? Okay, I'm glad you didn't ask me for a word that I don't like. <laughs> Why do you have a word you don't like? Oh, you didn't see my stories from yesterday. I was like, no, I do. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna <gasps> say. It. You're gonna plug your ears. I saw your stories. Moist, Cheryl. Moist. I don't know why they put that as the name of a cake mix. Like, <laughs> why? Why? And then somebody DM'd me. They're like, you know, I was having this um, debate with a with a friend over the weekend. Whether what's worse, moist or succulent? And I was like, oh, <laughs> like another awful. <laughs> That's so funny. What about a moist succulent? <laughs> like you vomited a little bit there. I'm sweating now. <laughs> sweating. <laughs> what word do I love? Oh, now think of a pleasant word. What's a word that you find inspiring? A word that you just really like, or just a word that's fun that you like to say? Well, I like the word empathy a lot. I like how it sounds and I like the meaning and I just think if if we were if we all kind of were more conscious of having it then the world would be a better place so not to sound all like I don't know <laughs> sobbing <laughs> cliche no I like it and it's especially a good word for a coach right like uh, yeah to be a good coach you have to have empathy you have to be able to put yourself in other people's shoes because yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's my word for sure. This has been such a good talk. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for joining me here on the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you learned something. And if you did, I would love it if you would leave me a rating and a review. It really does help to get this show uh, in front of other people. Thanks so much for being here and I will catch you next time.